Good morning. Hope everyone's doing well this morning. If you will, be turning in your Bibles to Proverbs chapter 2. Proverbs chapter 2. I'm thankful for this opportunity to uh, speak to you this morning, to fill in for Brother Joel. We've got a big hole in our pews up here. We've got several families who are out on vacation, and we will pray that they will have a good time, but they'll return safely to us. When I was preparing this lesson, I uh, prepared it with the youth group in mind. Uh, unfortunately, several of them are gone, but several of them are here. But this lesson that I wrote, the more that, that I studied this, the more I thought it really could be useful for all Christians. We have a variety of situations here this morning. We have young people who are in the middle school and younger who are just gaining knowledge or continuing to gain knowledge about Jesus. We've got high schoolers who are, uh, some have obeyed the gospel and some are still uh, finding their faith. We have college students who are home for the summer. And we're so glad to see them home for the summer. We have some who have graduated college and are getting ready to leave the nest, so to speak, and see what life is all about. We're excited to see what, uh, what the future holds for them. When I thought about a title for this sermon, I thought about the song that we sing often, How Shall the Young Secure Their Hearts? and the following part of that line, and guard their lives from sin. It's a question that many in the church are asking today. When we think about our young people, how hard it is to not only grow their faith, but maintain their faith in the face of a world that is increasingly aggressive towards Christianity. We aren't the only ones who've asked that question before. Imagine, if you will, that you're an Israelite, camped near the Jordan River, ready to cross over into the land that God had promised to Abraham those hundreds of years before. Yet, you've been wandering in the wilderness for 40 years, thinking about the promises that God has made thinking about the mistakes that were made by your parents and grandparents that caused you to have to wander in the wilderness for 40 years. Interestingly enough, the, the journey from Egypt to the land of Canaan is only somewhere between 11 and 17 days. And yet it took the nation of Israel 40 years to find their way there. You may be standing in that throng of probably more than 2 million Israelites by that time and you may be thinking how can I live up to God's expectations as we cross into Canaan? How can I avoid the mistakes that my parents made? That my grandparents made? So that I can stay in God's good favor. And as you listen to Joshua give the instructions that God has given to him for the nation as you cross over into the next chapter of your lives. Then you hear Joshua in Joshua 24, 14 say, Now therefore, fear the Lord, serve him in sincerity and in truth, 
and put away the gods which your father served on the other side of the river and in Egypt. Serve the Lord. And if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your father served that were on the other side of the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. And then you hear him say, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. So the challenge is issued to you and to the rest of the nation of Israel. Choose you who you will serve. It's the same challenge that's issued today to our young people, to our middle-aged folks, to our elderly, to all of us in this room. Choose you this day whom you will serve. We have to be deliberate about the kind of people we want to be and about the God that we want to serve. I found in my study in the book of Proverbs some wisdom that was gathered there that was written and inspired that may help us to make a confident choice and to grow spiritually and please God. First of all, look at chapter 2. <coughs> Starting in verse 1. My son, if thou wilt receive my words and hide my commandments with thee, so that thou incline thine ear into wisdom and apply thine heart to understanding, yea, if thou criest after knowledge and liftest up thy voice for understanding, if thou seekest her as silver and searchest for her as for hid treasures, then shalt thou understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. For the Lord giveth wisdom out of his mouth, cometh knowledge and understanding. He layeth up sound wisdom for the righteous. He is a buckler to them that walk uprightly. He keepeth the paths of judgment and preserveth the way of his saints. Then shalt thou understand righteousness and judgment and equity, yea, every good path. When wisdom entereth into thine heart, and knowledge is ple pleasant unto thy soul, discretion shall preserve thee, understanding shall keep thee, to deliver thee from the way of the evil man, from the man that speaketh froward things. So the first thing that I would say to our young people and to all of us this morning is that we need to acquire knowledge of God. We need to acquire knowledge of God. Gaining spiritual maturity comes from a deliberate decision to seek to understand God's will. No one ever made it to heaven accidentally. It's a deliberate action to serve God and become a godly person. Just like no one ever became a physician by accident. I think if you were to ask Don, he would tell you he spent, of course, 12 years in uh, lower education, and then eight years in his furthering his education to gain his doctorate. Years of study and preparation. It wasn't something that he just took a pill and he was a doctor. It was a lot of work. Not only was it a lot of work to gain his doctorate, but it's yearly work to continue his uh, doctorate degree. He, he is required to maintain his license with continuing education. Bill can tell you the same thing about being a dentist. It was lifelong learning. And it's the same thing with us as Christians. And young people, I will tell you, be prepared if you wish to be successful for lifelong learning from God's Word. Not only 
doesn't involve a choice to learn, but it involves a passion for knowledge, as we read a moment ago. Just like being a Christian involves a passion, uh, being a doctor involves a passion for knowledge, just like being a Christian involves a passion for knowledge, for learning about God all of your life. I would say if you would ask some of the older Christians here in the audience this morning, they will tell you that they haven't put their Bible away. They will tell you that they study on a daily basis and they learn something on a regular basis that they haven't seen before in God's Word. I want you also to be warned, and think about this for a second, acquiring knowledge is not the same thing as gaining wisdom. Those are two different things, young people. Acquiring knowledge is not the same thing as gaining wisdom. You see, I can know that cigarettes cause cancer, but I can choose not to use that knowledge for my good health. I can know that drinking alcohol can lead to alcoholism, but I can make the choice anyway to take that first drink. So it's important for me to understand that wisdom is not the same thing as knowledge. You need to understand that wisdom is knowing how to apply that knowledge. It's knowing how to understand what God has said in his word and use it in your lives, in, in your daily walk. Notice what verse 6 says. For the Lord giveth wisdom, out of his mouth cometh knowledge and understanding. You need to understand that any wisdom you gain is given by God. It comes from study of his word, but it is given by God. Just as Solomon, when he was given a choice to have anything he wanted, he asked for wisdom, understanding that wisdom cometh from God. I want you, young people, to view knowledge of God as a treasure. As we read, you should seek it as silver. It is the most valuable thing that you will ever learn in your life is a relationship with God and an understanding of his expectations. Make lifelong learning about God a priority. Make it something you choose to spend time doing on a daily basis. The greatest thing about knowledge of God is that the Bible includes guidance on how to use knowledge. It helps us to understand how to use what we read in the Bible. God doesn't leave us with a bunch of rules, but just no understanding of how to apply them. Secondly, along with acquiring knowledge of God, I would have you acknowledge God. Chapter 3, starting in verse 6. <coughs> in all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. Be not wise in thine own eyes, fear the Lord, and depart from evil. It shall be health to thy navel and marrow to thy bones. Take the time to acknowledge God in everything that you do. Whether it's continuing your education, whether it's starting your first job, whether it's selecting whom you're going to date, and later on whom you're going to marry. Take the time to acknowledge God in all your ways. I would give you some questions to ask 
that'll help you make choices with a spiritual focus. First of all, when presented with options, ask which choice would please God the most? Which choice would please God the most? I think you'll find that if you make the choice that would please God the most, you'll be blessed most in your life with that choice. I would also have you ask yourself, which choice would make me a stronger Christian? As you grow as a Christian, and as you live and experience life's ups and downs, and you'll have ups and downs, you'll find that the more life experience you have, the more you wish you had known that earlier on in life when you were making choices. And you'll find that as you look back, you'll see choices that made you a stronger Christian, that made you a stronger person. Make those choices now. Make those decisions now. And then the last question I would have you ask yourself is, will this choice bring me closer to God? Most situations, there's an option that clearly stands out as one that will bring you closer to God. Think about that and think about your long-term relationship with Him. Have long-term vision. Think about the motivation of going to heaven. Think about your obligation and the, the opportunity to bring others to Christ. Make choices that will bring you closer to God. The next thing I would have you do is honor God by acknowledging Him physically. Look at verses 9 and 10. Honor the Lord with thy substance and with the first fruits of all thine increase. So shall thy barns be filled with plenty, and thy presses shall burst out with new wine. Don't give God your leftover time, first of all. Make him a priority and put him first. Make the choice when you're asking yourselves those questions to make God a priority. When you think about the time that we spend in worship each week or Bible study, it's only a fraction of the time we have throughout the week. Think about spending time and make the choice to spend time with God outside of worship service and outside of Bible study so that you grow stronger and mature spiritually. But so you also learn to look for those opportunities to serve others. Start now with a habit of giving back to God financially. I would say if you ask people, there's never a good time to make a financial obligation or, or contribution because we always find things that we need or want to use our money with. Make God an obligation first financially. I guarantee you, you'll be blessed by it. You'll be blessed because you'll see the local congregation use those funds to further the gospel. You'll be blessed by knowing that you've given cheerfully to God and that you have done so for the furtherance of the kingdom. So start now by giving back financially. I would also say acknowledge God by accepting his correction. Verses 11 and 12. My son, despise not the chastening of the Lord, neither be weary of his correction, for whom the Lord loveth, he correcteth, even as a father, the son in whom he delighteth. These words remind us that God loves us as his child. But as his child, 
when we make mistakes, when we break His will, He corrects us. Remember and make the commitment not to resent the correction of God in your life. The correction of God in your life is for your improvement. It will make you stronger. It will make you a more mature Christian spiritually. I would also say when you make a mistake, learn from your mistakes. You know, I heard uh, the definition of uh, failure is making, uh, doing the same thing over and over again that you've been doing expecting the same result. If you want success, learn from your mistakes. Think about the mistakes you made and on purpose correct those in your life. I would also say learn the value of true repentance. Learn the value of true repentance. If you understand the definition of repentance, it means to turn away from your sin. There's value in turning away from our mistakes. We change the consequences. We remove those consequences oftentimes when we repent of our sin. Not always, because there are times where we make choices where we must live with those consequences. And I would have you think about that. I would also say that, that learning the value of true repentance makes you more godly. It helps you to bring yourself closer to God when you repent and make changes in your life according to his will. Next, I would have you acknowledge God in doing good to others. Chapter 3, verse 27. Withhold not good from them to whom it is due when it is in thy power of thine hand to do it. When I think about serving others, I can't help but think about John chapter 13. I think about the example in the upper room when Christ knelt down and washed the feet of the apostles. And Peter was right when he said that they weren't worthy to, to have God, Jesus wash their feet. He was right. Yet Christ chose to show them a servant's heart and a servant's attitude. I would have you look for opportunities to serve all men. Look for opportunities to serve those who are poorer than you. Look for opportunities to serve those who may not be like you. Look for opportunities to serve those who aren't expecting to be served. There are many opportunities throughout your life to make a difference in the life of someone else. I would also say I want you to learn to enjoy serving others. There is enjoyment in serving others. You will find that the more you focus on others, the less you focus on yourself. And the less you focus on yourself, the more you can enjoy the life of a Christian and serving God. Lastly, the third point is accept God as your standard. Chapter 3, verses 21 and 22. My son, let not them depart from thine eyes. Keep sound wisdom and discretion. So shall they be life unto thy soul and grace to thy neck. 
He's talking about the commandments of God here. I think as a Christian, we all understand that the Bible is our map to heaven. The Bible provides us with everything we need for salvation. But there's one thing, as we said earlier, in knowing that the Bible is our map to salvation. There's one thing in having the wisdom to apply the Bible in your lives. Acceptance of God as your standard means you're going to do some things differently than the rest of the world. Also, acceptance of God as your standard means that it's going to bring you the best life here and in the hereafter. Verses 33 through 35. The curse of the Lord is in the house of the wicked, but he blesseth the habitation of the just. Surely he scorneth the scorners, but he giveth grace unto the lowly. The wise shall inherit glory, but shame shall be the promotion of fools. You'll find the best life in serving God and accepting him as your standard. Accepting God means a different standard of behavior than the world. Verse, starting in verse 28. Say not unto thy neighbor, go and come again, and tomorrow I will give when thou hast it by thee. Devise not evil against thy neighbor, seeing he dwelleth securely by thee. Strive not with a man without cause, if, the, if they, he have done thee no harm. Envy thou not the oppressor, and choose none of his ways. For the froward is abomination to the Lord, but his secret is with the righteous. One thing you're going to find as a Christian is you will have to make tough choices. You will have to make decisions that are not popular decisions with the world. You'll have to reject some world, things that the world deems as okay. And the world will tell you that it's okay. And the world will try and fool you into, un, into thinking that God is okay with making that decision. But if you accept God as your standard, you will have to make decisions that are not popular. In acquiring knowledge of his will and acknowledging him in how you live, will make it easy to choose God's standard for your life over the world's. The more you spend time in God's word and get to know him, the more you understand the blessings that come with serving him, and the more you realize that those who serve God are not of this world, and that we need to live our lives by a different standard. I want to close by saying that as young people, you have unlimited potential. Potential to do great things with your lives. As they say, the world is your oyster. Choices you make now will be either a blessing or a cursing as you go further down the road. God's promises are true. I want to say that again. God's promises are true. The more you get to know him, the more you'll realize that and understand that. And the more you rely on his promises, the better your life will be. Just as they were for Israel, his God's, God's promises are true for us. When Israel made bad choices, God disciplined them. But when they drew close to him and followed his direction, they were blessed beyond what they could imagine. So the lesson is yours. And I leave the choice with you. Just as Joshua said to Israel, it is up to you to choose you this day whom you will serve. 
I hope you choose to acquire knowledge of God. I hope you choose to acknowledge him in how you live. And I hope you choose to accept him as your standard. Now, I know this has been a lesson focused mostly on our young people. But as we close, I want to speak to all of us. This is the time as a convenience that we offer the invitation. We are prepared if you've never put on the name of Christ in baptism. We're prepared to help you with that. If you understand what you need to do to become a Christian, you've heard the word, you believe the word, you're ready to repent of your sins and confess that Christ is the Son of God, we can help you put on the Christ in baptism today. Or maybe you have started down that road, you became a Christian, but cares of the world got in your way. Maybe you stopped studying his word. Maybe you stopped acknowledging him in the way you live your life. And maybe you've stopped using God as your standard. The last lesson I want to give to the young people and to all of us is we can have a do-over. Just as Israel would repent to God and God gave them grace and mercy, he will accept us back if we will but repent and obey his will. So if you have a need this morning to be baptized or to make your relationship right again with God, please come forward as we stand and as we sing.